This podcast makes no representations. None of this constitutes advice and your home or property may be repossessed if you do not keep up with repayments on your mortgage. Hello and welcome to Not Another Mortgage Podcast. Myself and the bearded broker Lewis Shaw from Shaw Financial Services joins me to discuss all things money and mortgages. Lewis, hello. Hello, Josh. How are you? I'm all right. I'm okay. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, This is talking about mortgages and how many quotes people will get. And this is something that... um, was was something I've had to do once before and something I'm looking to do again. And I like to know sometimes where I've gone wrong to make sure I don't do it again. And sometimes it's nice and validating to know that you did things right as well. So you're going to talk us through some very interesting studies and surveys that have been done recently about how many quotes people tend to get when they're looking for a mortgage. Yes, yes. So there was some research um, done uh, by a, a firm called Contact State. Uh, which shows that people apparently have got concerns about sharing personal data online in order to get kind of mortgage quote. They call, they call them mortgage quotes. Now, <clears throat> it's understandable people are um, precious over the data, and, and rightly so, because you don't know where it's going half the time. Um, you know, so people should be cautious of, of what they do with the data. Um, although, of course, a lot of that data is available freely online if you look at the electoral roll and other kind of jazz and everything that gets posted on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and Reddit or TikTok and you know so people do give out a lot of information probably more than they maybe sometimes realize but anyway um the first thing to mention about this is this idea of getting a mortgage quote and now I really really despise the word quote when it comes to mortgages and it's for the simple reason that a quote is is ordinarily uh you know you're pricing up a job. So typically you'd ask a tradesperson for a quote because they've got, you know, there's kind of variables within there that they can control. So if you want a bathroom retiling, you'll get a quote from the various tradespeople and they're going to be looking at factors such as is the job easy or awkward? How much um, labor time is going to be spent doing the work? What the cost of the materials are? And then of course they've got to build in, a profit margin for themselves and depending on where they get the materials depending on what they're paying their um other tradespeople to do the work depending if they're doing themselves depending on the deals they've got with suppliers will all feed into that quote and that's why you kind of get various you know that's why you get multiple quotes for you know having an extension built or tiling your bathroom or having a new kitchen fitted um because there'll be variations in quality of work speed of work etc um <clears throat> Now, when it comes to mortgages, you, you don't do that because we're not we're not setting the terms that you're going to be signing up to. A mortgage lender is. Now, a lot of mortgage brokers won't like me saying this, but the reality is this: the vast majority of us. I mean, I'm an independent mortgage broker, um, which has got a specific meaning, but broadly speaking, 95 plus percent of the time, when you speak to a mortgage broker. We've got access to identical deals. We're looking at the same. Often we're looking. We're looking at the same system. We're using the same tools to get to and understand what the best deal is for user as an individual. So this idea that you can kind of shop around with different brokers to get something different is is, is broadly speaking, it's just nonsense. It, it, you know, there's the odd, and I say odd. Very few and far between these days, especially, you might get an exclusive deal. So <clears throat> it might be 
a particular network, which is a group of mortgage brokers into the thousands, they may get a specific exclusive deal from a lender. And we may get one from a different lender. But the likelihood of you picking that particular broker that's got that particular deal at that particular time is virtually nil. And just because they have an exclusive deal with a a mainstream lender, which will be for a specific amount of funding, doesn't mean that that's still the the right deal or the best deal. So if, if, if you think about it in those terms, when you're asking for a quote, people think they are, you know, asking for, they get the wrong idea of what they're asking for. Not to mention that, and this sounds a bit patronizing, and I don't mean it to. So please don't take offense, anyone that's listening to this when I say this. But it's not, unless you're well-versed in looking at mortgage illustrations, which are they're called ESISs these days. That's the technical name, technical name, sorry, um, European Standardized Information Sheet. That's what they were called under the Mortgage Credit Directive when it came in from the EU. Prior to that, they were called key facts illustrations. Now, to read an ESIS or a KFI, i.e. a mortgage illustration, you've got to be au fait with the terminology that's on that sheet. You've got to be able to understand compound interest. You've got to be able to understand the difference between APRC and your actual fixed rate. You've got to be able to understand other factors that are within that particular document. But the thing is, you've also got to understand where it's come from, what, you know, on the system, when you're looking, when we're generating illustrations, when we're looking through our, what's called our sourcing table, we're plugging in a lot of data and we're looking and using a specific formula that the Financial Conduct Authority set out as to how to compare a a mortgage contract uh, as to what the best deal is and, and what factors feature in that. Unless you're doing what I do and you're qualified in the same way, you it's virtually impossible for a for a, a, a normal consumer to put two buy to put put two put, put, to put two mortgage quotes if you want to use that terminology side by side and actually really understand the differences. Now, of course, someone might rightly say, "Oh well, I can look at the interest rate." Okay. Um, but then, are you looking at all the other factors? Are you looking at the redemption penalties? Are you looking at the overpayment? parameters are you looking at the fees that are attributable there's there's so many variables that feed in that there's that saying isn't there you know there's x amount of stuff that you do know you there's there's then the, the, a smaller element of things that you don't know but you know that you don't know them but then there's huge amount of information that you don't know you don't know and it's in that space that's why we exist. That's why financial advisors exist, because we're looking at things that you that people wouldn't necessarily consider important or, for example, you know, understand because most people aren't working with interest rates and stuff like that on a day to day basis. You know, so it's not it's not a criticism. So I always try and, you know, say, say this, you know, so, for example, you know, if someone is a, a teacher or a doctor or a nurse or an accountant or they are a carpet fitter or a joiner or a sparky everyone is good at what they do they you know you've got experience in your role and all that kind of stuff you're an expert at what you do no matter what you know what what whatever that job is you're an expert at what you do you do it day in day out and you know what you're doing so i couldn't come in to anyone else's job you know i i i struggle to rewire a plug do you know what I mean? I'm not very, I can change a bulb. That's about it when it comes to my electrical knowledge. I'm terrible with it. DIY, I'm shocking at. So I wouldn't go into someone else's role and presume to know 
how 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 best to do it, what tools to use, all that kind of stuff. The problem is, is sometimes because of the rise of comparison sites and that kind of stuff, people mistakenly are, are misled into thinking that they can do what we do um, because of these tools online, because of you know various kind of TV journalists saying go online and have a look at some of these these tables. There was, I mean, I think I've said this before. There was research by Experian that showed that something like only 3% of people that selected the top deal on a comparison site were actually eligible or met the requirements for that particular most 3%. I mean, that that's, that's and, and what are the chances that, you know, if you're going to be doing that, what are the chances that you would be in that 3%? It's pretty slim. You know, if, if we were asking someone to do that with, I don't know, spin it around. If you got a hundred thousand pounds to invest, as opposed to wanting to borrow a hundred thousand pounds, would you just go onto a, a a fund index and go? I'm going to pick one. You don't know what you're picking. Yeah, but there's a, there's a, there's a graph, there's a table. I know what I'm doing. Do, do you see where I'm going with that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it makes sense, um, and it is a minefield. And and but as you say, you know, and this is why these people exist i suppose it might for me to to give an analogy here because i'm self-employed i pay someone to do my accounts and tax and things for me and whilst it costs me money i tend to get that back because they they know what they're doing and i suppose it's similar for yourself i could go and get a mortgage myself uh but i could go to you or somebody else and yes i've got to pay for that service but it's normally worth it yeah well you'd hope so (laughs) you'd hope so um, well, well now, that's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Otherwise, you know, this podcast, would be, if you said, oh, no, it's not, I'm terrible, don't come to me, it'd be a waste of time, really, wouldn't it? Well, it would, it would, it would. That's true. That's true. And so if we kind of go back to the original question in terms of seeking mortgage quotes online. So hopefully we've kind of, I've, I've established why it, it is the wrong terminology, because we don't set the terms of, 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 you know, what you're signing up to, because it's determined by lenders. And we use specific tools, as I say, Broadly speaking, um, there are three sourcing tools in the in the UK mortgage market. There are more, but broadly speaking, there are three that most people use. And we all use either one or more of them uh, because it's always good to make sure that you're using, you know, you make sure you're getting accurate data, et cetera. Now, given that's the case and given that most mortgage brokers most of the time can see pretty much everything identical, identically, um, it doesn't make sense to kind of go shopping around for two reasons. One, we're all comparing apples with apples. And two, unless you've got the knowledge of what you're doing with it, then you, it's, it's difficult to know what you're comparing. You won't necessarily understand what you're comparing. And I reckon, as I say, I'm, I'm going to apologise because if people do, I'm not being patronising or disparaging when I say that. But, you know, compound interest is i mean einstein said compound interest is one of the most powerful forces in the universe and one of the least well understood you know which is which is the reason why you know looking at some percentages on a, on a piece of paper isn't necessarily the way to go now moreover the research that uh, had been done online was particularly focused on consumers saying um they they only got one quote some only got two, or well, the majority only got two. Um, but there was bigger problems that one in four apparently had concerns about sharing details about their occupation to, to get a, a quote. Uh, a third didn't want to disclose salary details. 
and almost 50% didn't want to share spending figures uh, or ID. And I think almost a 30% wouldn't be happy sharing their email. 40% didn't want to share the phone number. Um, and so basically they're not wanting to give people, understandably people don't want to give out ID and income and spending and all that other kind of stuff that goes with this on the basis that they feel as though they're giving away something private, which it is. Um, but they still want the information back. Now, here's the problem with that. Lenders have very, very different criteria. So if, you're, um, if you've got great credit and masses of income uh, then and you've got a huge deposit, then, yeah, whoever is at the top of the table might very well be the, the best deal. But we don't, we don't know. There's a lot of factors, that, but it might be. The thing is, is that if you're asking us for a mortgage illustration, how do we know that that's going to be the right lender for you? Unless we have that information, we can't. It's a, it's akin to walking into a doctor's surgery. So without not, not, not wanting to share your ID, your, your residency status, your income, your spending, your credit commitments, all that kind of stuff. It's akin to walking into a, into a GP surgery, sitting down, and you're saying to the doctor, I need some, I need some medicine. And the doctor says, okay, well, I need to do an examination. I need to run through your symptoms. I need to take your blood pressure, your temperature, et cetera. No, 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 no. I don't want to do that. I just want some medicine. If, unless I, unless you let me diagnose what the scenario is, I, I, can't, I can't prescribe something without knowing what the symptoms are. And whilst we're not medical professionals or anything like that as brokers, the, the analogy stands. Unless I know what your income and outgoings is, what, unless I know what your residency status is, your address history, how long you've been lived there, what job you do, how long you've been in that role, all these other things that play in. Because as I say, it, it feeds again back into that whole thing of you don't know what you don't know. So some lenders um, don't require three months pay slips and three months bank statements. Some will work off a contract that you've just started. Some will even work off a contract that you've not started. So for example, you know, if you were due to start a job within three months time you've got a signed work contract saying i start on the first of december we can use that we can apply for a mortgage off the back of that contract now again most lenders won't do that but some will it may be that you've started a job and been in that job for six months well again some mortgage lenders they may be at the top of the table but they require a 12-month track record in one role it may be that you've got a significant amount of debt and therefore the one that's at the top of the table you don't fit on affordability, but the one that's on number three, on the third one down, you do. So sending out mortgage illustrations without having all that information in is really bad practice. Uh, and it's not in consumers' interest. I know people will think it is, but it really is counter to your own interests for two reasons. One, it means nothing. It's completely meaningless because it's akin to the doctor saying, well, I'm just going to prescribe you X, Y, and Z. Oh, will that fix me? I've no idea because you've not let me examine you. So I don't know. Hopefully it'll be fine, but we don't know. We shoot, we're shooting in the dark here. Secondly, if you then get that uh, mortgage illustration in and then I think, oh, okay, great. Well, that's what I'll, I'll go direct to whichever lender it might be. There's then every possibility that because you've not given that information, um, then it gets declined. And then that can potentially have a negative impact on your credit file and credit history. And then you go to a different one and you get another quote. You do that again. Oh, and we've got declined again. If you imagine if the imagine if the, the, the lender that's right, when I'm looking at my system, imagine the lender that's right is number seven on the on the list, for example. Now bear in mind that list runs to thousands. Assume it's number seven. 
if you're doing it yourself and you're just constantly going in again, quote unquote, you potentially done six credit checks before you get to the seventh because you're doing it yourself or because you think you're just going to get a quote and all the rest of it. But at that point in time, it could be that you've done so many credit checks that when you get to number seven, they decline you because you've had so many previous credit checks. They go, actually, we don't want to, we're not, we're not doing this. Um, and so it's really, it, I know it sometimes feels counterintuitive, but it's really imperative and it's really important that that's why you engage with a good quality advisor <clears throat> that's not just not just going online because there's this misapprehension that stuff online is there to help you. We've got this idea with the internet; it's there for information purposes and all the rest of it. And, you know, you can use there's tools online, right? Let's let's be frank about this. The tools that are online are not there to help people. Often, they're there to sell you something. That's true. That's true for my website. That's true for every other mortgage advisor, every other financial advisor, every other pension specialist, every solicitor. Their website is there as a shop front. It's there to sell you a service. It's there to draw you in. It's not there to give you information so you can wander off into the distance and sort yourself out. It's not there. That's well, you know, if that comes as a shock to people, then it, you know, but that's the reality. It's not there often to help you. It's there to sell something to you. And that's why it's important to engage with an advisor, someone that you trust, someone that has maybe been recommended, someone that's got, you know, a good track record, someone that is, I mean, I'm going to say independent because I think that's the best route personally, but you know, other people may disagree. But that's the reason why <clears throat> we need all that information in. Because what's the point in me just sending out? I, you know, you could say to me now, Josh, I want to borrow £250,000 over 20 years and I've got a 20% deposit. And I could just send you out an illustration with those figures on, with whoever's at the top of the table. We don't know if it's affordable. We don't know if the credit history is going to pass. We don't know if you've got enough income to support the loan. We don't know if you if you have got that amount of deposit. We don't know what the property is that you're buying and if it'll fit. We don't know what your employment status is and if they'll accept it. All these other things that they're playing. So all that happens is by going online and getting quotes, what the consumers are doing, they're elongating a process and putting themselves at risk needlessly. But it's done with the best of intentions because we think then that's what we should do because we're always told to get multiple quotes. It's a really bad idea. And, you know, no one's out there saying anything, saying, look, don't do that. That's not saying that everyone should come to me for the mortgage. I mean, I couldn't deal with everyone, to be fair. I mean, it'd be a nice problem to have, but, you know, I'm, I'm one guy and I've got one pair of hands. But that's why you should speak to someone that you know, that you trust and that you can rely upon to do the right thing for you. Um, and And, and, and just believe in what, what they're telling you. Does that make sense? It does. And it's not what I was expecting you to say, because I honestly thought you were going to say you want to get as many quotes as possible. Um, I suppose similar to car insurance or something like that. So here was me thinking, well, OK, I, I got three and I'm waiting for those to say you should probably have got more than, you know, sort of double that. And, and actually you're saying no, you know, sometimes less really is more. Well, exactly. So. <clears throat> You know, when it when it comes to when it comes to getting a mortgage, the the attitude I take and all the good brokers that I know of take the same approach is they won't do anything until they've got everything in. So we'll want all the payslips, the bank statements, the credit reports, the ID, a full fact find and questionnaire completing, and we'll want all data protection notices signed and all that kind of stuff. We want to know by your income, your outgoings, and etc. 
And only then, once we've got all that information in, would I even think about looking at what particular deal um, we're looking because there's a lot of a lot of things to to, to factor in. Is a five-year fix the right thing? Why is it not a two-year tracker? And what are the, what's the difference between a five-year fix and a two-year tracker? Well, it depends upon your personal your personal circumstances and your plan. This is this is not a short-term thing. We're talking about borrowing a lot of money over a long period of time, which is going to be your biggest debt linked to your most valuable asset. This is not a five-minute job, and this is why mortgage planning is so important. But that's the reason why that when I sit down with the consumer and I say, right taking everything into account and all the questions, all the stuff that we discussed, this is the right deal with that particular lender on these terms. That's the cost. These are the upsides. These are the downsides. This is the reason for recommendation. Explain, explain, explain. Are you happy with that? Yes. Okay. Now let's apply. Very much a case of measure twice, cut once. Yeah. Sage advice. Um, For me, that, makes sense and i don't have any questions which is always awkward because you always want to have a question to ask but is there anything that i should be asking lewis anything that springs to mind i don't think so i think it's more about how do you pick how do you pick a broker um i think it's about and so i often get calls from from people that are saying i've spoken to so-and-so or I've, i've done this online and i'm wondering if i could check it or i want a second opinion now personally and I, I speak for myself here, but I know that a lot of my colleagues are very much in the same mindset. I'd like a second opinion, or basically I just want verification that this is the right thing. And the answer is always the same. I don't mark other people's work. And the second thing is, is if you don't trust them, then don't use them. And, and fundamentally, if you're ringing me and ringing another broker, whatever, asking for, is this the right thing? There's an issue with trust. And if there's an issue with trust, you should just cut your loss. So if, you know, in the same way that I was always taught by the guy that took me under his wing when I first started to do this job, if you have to question whether you should place a particular deal, then the answer is already no, you shouldn't. Because if there's an element of doubt where, you can, where you're questioning yourself, then the answer is no. That's that. And that, when, I, when I say that, I'm talking about kind of if you are suspicious of mortgage fraud or staged income or whatever it might be that someone's not being quite honest with you if if there's ele- if, if there's ever an element of doubt tom always used to say to me then the answer is always no that's that and it's the same if you're sat looking at a mortgage illustration and wanting to call someone else to say i just wanted to ask a question about this then you're with the wrong broker because you should have an, an implicit trust with that person to know that they're doing the right thing that they've explained things properly and that you're certain that you're with the right place. So that should be. So if you have to think, I'd like to get a second opinion, that is absolutely the time to go. I'm with the wrong broker. Lewis, absolutely brilliant as always. Clear, concise, to the point, and absolutely helpful. Uh, thank you again for guiding us through another minefield of financial and mortgage-based uh hmm. I don't know the word. Stuff. Stuff. <laughs> stuff. That'll stuff. do. <laughs> yeah. And on that ending, we'll finish it there. Such a great, such a, what a way to finish all the jargon in this podcast. Exactly. 